Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 115. I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me today, we have a Sarah Timono. What's up, Sarah? Uh, I helped a friend with moving. That was nice. I'm sorry. No, it was cool. She has cats. They're adorable. And we... And and also, I'm, like, actually getting gear crafted to do an X or a Savage, so that's fun. Very cool. Hope you have a good time with that. We also, oh, it'll be terrible. Yes, we also have a Talis Marvelous, the most interesting and uh, probably heartbroken potato on the planet. <laughs> and well-traveled potato. I got to visit several countries. In two Immigration weeks. doesn't know where I am. <laughs> That's worrisome. Immigration of four countries don't know where I actually am. Are you sure you should be saying that in it's public? Fine. It's fine. It's okay. not your fault that they, that other people didn't do their job, right? It's it's fine. I I have plausible deniability, traceability bits, including like where my debit card has been used recently, and a picture of me on a go kart in Akihabara. Oh <laughs> I'll be fine. That's totally admissible in court. Anyway, for anybody that missed the uh, the jam, the whole moving to Japan thing worked out about as well as the moving to South Korea thing did a couple of years ago. So I'm back in the states and yoloing it as usual. Yay! What, what, Yay? Question mark. We're glad that it um is working out. Basically, you know that you're back and you're fine, and you know you didn't get uh, too screwed over, except no, for the whole car a, thing. I don't have a car, which is fine. Uh, the car had hit a point where it was going to be. It's a six thousand dollar car that I can put ten thousand dollars into, and then own a car that's worth six thousand dollars. So I was like. You know what? I learned a lot about projects. I learned a lot about MR2s. I met a lot of people. I met a lot of people in the right-hand drive community. I think it's time to get a daily and then go get a project. Because just having a project is a little problematic. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. But, I mean, it, it must suck that you had basically one of your dream cars and now somebody else has yeah. it. But now, like, Kenji still texts me on a regular basis, the guy that bought it. Okay. And... I know where to get it, and my mechanic has, like, two in the yard, and I know what motor I want, I know what trim I want, I know where to get parts. So the version of the MR2 that's in my imagination that I want, honestly, the one that I already owned, I couldn't turn that into what I wanted, so it'd be better for me to get a completely different one anyway. So I'm not, I didn't really lose anything, I just kind of have to replace some stuff, like, a car and I don't have a pillow anymore and I don't have a desk. That's kind of annoying. Uh, I'm using a TV tray currently. <laughs> I don't know how you manage, dude. It's, uh, it's, you know, when you only own, uh, let's see, I own eight t-shirts now and seven pairs of socks. Like you know, when you don't own a lot, it's not too hard to keep up. But, uh, when you lose a pair of socks though, it becomes very problematic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm back. I'm safe. Everything's well. So I'm back in Eorzea as well. Uh, if anybody has a lot of stuff in their inventory that they need to get rid of, do let me know because I literally sold everything with the anticipation of not playing this game until like 5.5. So I figured none of my crafting mats were going to be relevant. Oops. So that happened. But at least you have Gil. 
I have some gill. I have Yay. a lot of gill, actually. Nice. So you can buy Money a house. Money can be exchanged for goods and services. It's true. Uh, I could buy a house, but I have I have enough gill to buy a house. I don't have enough gill to put anything interesting in it. Well, you got friends that can help you with that. True. True. I mean, you, you're talking to a guy who's you know sitting on, I don't know, 100 million gill and uh, has two houses. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the other option is that we get Pixie back over here and be like, hey, you want a project? Decorate towels. Well, she's got, she has an alt over here and she would definitely be willing to help you. Tis true. Speaking of people helping out, uh, I'm going to do a shout out early to Echo Static from uh, Hyperion, who I've known since October or so. Uh, and he found out about the whole shenanigans of what happened with Japan. And he asked for my Venmo and has been extraordinarily helpful in the whole like acquiring groceries thing. Wow. Uh, so thank you, Echo, for groceries and transportation. I mean, it's... Wow! yeah, that, that you get a pass on that one. That was allowed. Uh, <laughs> that is actually that is a, a pretty amazing thing that we have an awesome community and uh, people are helping out people. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, but it's like when your Venmo lights up three times in five minutes, like, oh, OK, this is real. Uh, but yeah, I have a car again. I have a job again. Uh, I have laundry soap. That was a thing that I didn't have any more of. I had to go make that happen. It's all the weird stuff. All but those little things. Exactly. Things like, oh, yeah, paper towels aren't free. <laughs> all the little weird shit that you're just used to having that now you have to reget. But yeah. We good. Uh, in other news, my life went to chaos, but the world of Eorzea had some interesting stuff happen this week. Well, we're going to get to that in a bit because we still want to find out what Sarah's been up to. Um, I got myself down to not counting the parts for a crafting project. I'm getting that crafted armor made. I managed to get myself down to about 40 items in my inventory. So about 100 open spaces. I don't understand how anybody can do that. Uh, a awesome. lot of, yeah, a lot of putting stuff together for various crafted projects, uh, a whole bunch of things I've been holding back for extracting the materia from, which I then promptly desynthesized, and then used the desynthesized results to start building more submersible parts. Does anyone have pure titanium more, by the way? I need a little more. <laughs> if I do, I will let you know. Pretty much I had a huge amount of stuff that was waiting in the wings for this patch, and then... And I put together a whole bunch. Mm. Like, gotcha. I, I, I am good with supply lines. I planned this stuff out. I had a plan. I am implementing the plan. You have a lot of material now, don't you? Uh, a pretty fair bit. Although some of it I'm jamming into stuff so that it'll spear up on faster. And also so I can, like, kill stuff better. Hmm. But yeah, I guess I could probably sell some of that material. I definitely have a thing of, like, how hard would it be to replace this? Not that hard. Turn it into money. Exactly. I have That's a lot of material right now. Fair enough. The exact same method. Yeah, I'm a hoarder. But the value, like you can turn it into money, but and I, the money doesn't take up space. I might need these tomatoes for something. Then you can acquire more tomatoes, possibly with the money. But then I'm, I might need this uh, rose gold cog for something. I totally don't need that. You definitely don't need the rose gold cog. <laughs> Do you even know how you got the rose gold cog? I crafted it. The tomatoes well, I, you actually might keep. <laughs> the cog, no. 
Yeah, it's like, did you high quality craft that? Yeah, actually, I did, but I don't have anything I can turn in for, I think, or so. I don't remember. I should turn it in. Yeah, you go take it to Mordona and turn it into Talon. Talon Broadbent? It's like you don't know things. No, or I could just be saying things to try and uh, to rile you up. Or you could combine it with two Fieldcraft Demi Materia 3, and then you could turn it into the one for the uh, Mastercraft book 2. This is what goes in my brain instead of useful things. I mean, I've got useful things in my brain too. So I already I have my book this. too. I have. I think I have all the books now. Oh, then you might just want to toss it. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. You know, there's a word for that, and it's right. I'm probably right. You are technically correct. Cut it off early for <laughs> Wow. That's even worse. Wow. Wow, Klaus. I see how it is. Uh, I don't actually see how it is. Welcome to Phoenix Troll Radio, where we troll the shit out of each other, I guess. What? Are you new to this show? Oh, definitely not. No. <laughs> God. I've been, I've been co-hosting for a year. Holy shit. <sighs> All right. Um... Me, I've been up to, like I said, I've been playing the patch, um, streamed, you know, Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, I had to work late, so I didn't get to do that. So I'm, I'm sorry. Those of you who are looking forward to, uh, music Monday, we didn't get that this week, but, um, I have been also doing a lot of work on, uh, some upcoming cosplays. Ooh. Uh, I had, um, gotten hold of my grandma's old sewing machine a while back. And just last night, I decided to actually uh, break it out and uh, make sure that it works, you know, figure out how to, uh, you know, get it ready to, to, to use. And uh, I actually created uh, a sash for one of my upcoming cosplays. And if you follow me out on Twitter at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S, you will see my progress pick. So I've been doing some work with that, and that was kind of fun. Congrats. Um, Are you excited to get get into costume costume making again well i really haven't done much costume making at all this is the first bit that i have sewn myself oh that's exciting the last mm -hmm. thing that i actually sewed on a sewing machine was back in seventh grade home ec. oh wow and it was a pair of really funky boxers so okay that's what we made so yeah But yeah, it, it, in Mama Dragon, you're not uh, wrong. Cosplay is an addiction. I mean, like I said, I'm working on trying to get two cosplays ready to go for a detour in April. So um, the other cosplay is a lot more in depth. So I uh, chose to purchase it versus create it. You know, especially for uh, you know in the the time that it would take to to do all of the accoutrement for it to make it look the way it's supposed to. It's all the detail work that kills you time-wise and budget-wise anyway. Yeah. So I know when a friend of mine did one, she bought a cosplay on like eBay and we got it and we were like, okay, it, it, it functions. Mm -hmm. But this belt, it's supposed to be three belts and it was like one piece of leather sewn to look like three belts. We're like, well, that's dumb. So like we replaced that piece and mm -hmm. then like the bottom shorts weren't as good. So we replaced those. And so we just replaced it piece by piece just to get those details. But the original 
buy it out of the bag. Yeah, we just bought it and then you have it and then you can adjust it and make it work better for you personally. Yep. It's, it's kind of like what I'm doing, like the, the one cosplay that I'm basically trying to build up from scratch. Um, I went out and I mean, I didn't buy the, the vest I bought, um, shirt I bought and pants I bought, but just regular off the shelf kind of things. Not, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to customize them for said cosplay. Like I have some patches coming that I'm going to be ironing on and then sewing on the sleeves to get them correct. And then it'll be done. So looking forward to that. That should be do some cosplay testing on that when everything is completed. I should have those patches by next week, actually. So mm, exciting. Found a seller on Etsy that was selling them. So we'll see how well they look. Also bought a Cricut uh, vinyl cutter. Ooh, we have one of those in the library makerspace. Those things are amazing. They are. Uh, it's on sale at Joanne this week. So picked up. They a, can do stuff besides uh, vinyl as well. They so. can. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can. I know people who have actually cut like balsa wood. Um, you can cut fabrics. You can cut paper. You can draw with them. At least this one you yeah. can. You can actually. There's a, a spot for a marker. You'd say you, you you know you want to print and it will write on it and and draw things. So it's really cool that way. Yeah, you can get some really nicely precisely drawn or cut uh, pieces there. So I could see it, especially like with uh, fabric or wood pieces or whatever, getting something really well shaped for a particular piece. Yeah. So I'm and I'll make that a lot more The other thing I can do with it is I can make some uh, custom vinyl graphics. Mm. Like that'd be cool. Say some some Phoenix Down Radio uh, car stickers or you know when I get a car again. Do you want me to Itasha my car as Phoenix Down Radio? <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but I'm just All right. th- throwing it out there. You know, those are th- that's a yes, but I don't want to actually ask. I was gonna say also if somebody wants to make a Phoenix Down Radio chan to uh, to adorn the car, oh, just dear. let me know. You just let me know, and then she can be all. <laughs> Not for nothing, that is a challenge. And I would definitely love to see Phoenix Town Radio Chan, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, I, I have I concerns. Have, I, I don't even know what that would look like. I don't either. We'll find out in a couple of days on Twitter, probably. Yeah, somebody somebody out in the artistic community who maybe hears this may be like, challenge accepted. And we'll get that. I have so many concerns. But uh, I'm so excited. Aside from that, um, the other little bit of uh, show news I want to talk about before we move on is two weeks from today, we will be doing the Minnesota meetup at Victoria Burroughs Saturday, March 7th at noon. Uh, you can come hang out with myself and Yelta from Gather Together, as well as other Final Fantasy fans. We're going to be throwing axes at one o'clock and then hanging out until people decide to go home or I need to get back to the podcast. Cause it's we will... so weird to me that that's a thing, axe throwing. It's... Like, I know that's a thing now. I got a co-worker who uh, went throwing axes somewhere a couple, like a week ago, and he's a- addicted now. He-, he went and bought his own hatchet. Dang. And he's going nice. to be making his own boards, you know, to throw at in his- for his backyard. So He's going to practice. Yes. That's intense. But no, it, it's. I'm really looking forward to this particular meetup just for the fact that A, there's going to be parking. Um, <laughs> granted, I mean, we had a great time at Uptown, but um, when you're in a um, up to Uptown area, 
with where parking is very, very limited and rather expensive, you know, that, that kind of puts a drag on things. Agreed. You know, especially, you know, if, if you're not, if you don't live in said metropolitan area and have access to the uh, public transportation. So this will be nice. We'll, be, we'll get to throw the axes and we'll, it, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be talking all about it on the next episode. So make sure to, to, to listen for that. All right. So game and community news for the third episode in a row. We want to wish a happy birthday to some uh, friends and uh, listeners to the show. Um, happy birthday to Lilith Akagi and Saki Ryuzoji. Um, they had birthdays on the 20th. And on a personal note, I want to throw out a happy birthday to my sister and my grandma who had birthdays yesterday. Yay. So Happy, happy birthdays. You made it another year. Yes. It's kind of funny because my sister was born on my uh, grandma's 50th birthday and my uh, grandma just celebrated her 90th birthday today or yesterday. Well, we celebrated her, her birthday today as family. So I got you. That's... Um, but yeah, my sister's 40 now. Ha ha. She's old. Nowhere to go but down. Aren't you over 40? Yeah, so. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get there someday too. Yeah, and that day is coming very soon. Right. My, uh, the temporary nature of human life is crashing upon me every time I have to walk upstairs. Yeah, don't remind me. Um, but I think this would be kind of cool if we could actually make this a thing now. So if you or a friend has a birthday coming up, let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the air. Like if we can get, uh, birthdays on, on all the episodes coming up, that'd be really cool. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. I think that's fun. Um, so let's talk about some final fantasy news at PAX East. Uh yeah, starting with what Final Fantasy at PAX East? There's actually still I mean, going still to be stuff, stuff, but all of the events that had uh, that were going to be hosted by uh, Japanese Square Enix staff have been canceled. Yep. Um, the Final Fantasy 14 panel with uh, uh, Yoshida and uh, the uh, um, God damn it, I forgot his name. Um. I, I'm bad at this, sorry. But that panel, the signing session with them, mm-hmm. and the fan gathering, as well as the fan gathering for Final Fantasy XI, have been canceled. Yep, the 14 uh, one's canceled. Uh, the 11 one's canceled. The Final Fantasy TCG event was also canceled. Yes. Um, also, um, but they will be still doing a live stream instead of the live panel, which will be, uh, um, they'll be broadcasting that at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on the 29th. And that will be broadcast on the uh, Final Fantasy XIV Twitch channel. They will also broadcast that at the event. Um, so they're going to try to do something. Yeah. Yeah. The but, cancellation was pretty much because all the fun stuff with the coronavirus means that traveling is contraindicated right now. Yeah. They want to make yeah. sure that, I mean, there there are um, there were some deaths in Japan. Um, yeah. Most of them came from a cruise ship. Yep. But uh, because there have been people that were um, potentially uh, infected, they're being very careful about bringing it over and they don't want it to spread any further than they they need to. So they are staying in Japan for that. The economic impacts of this are going to be fascinating. Oh, no, it's already it's already bad. Yeah, but this is not uh, um, financial news weekly. 
It could have been. I had ideas, Klaus. Why do you kill my dreams? Because your dreams are boring. Besides that. <laughs> because no, the, it's not uh, Final Fantasy ship, related. The cruise ship is, uh, is in Yokohama. I actually specifically stayed out of Kanagawa. I stayed out of Ota City, Kamata. I stayed out of Kawasaki Shi because I was like, I don't want to be down south in case anything weird happens because I'm a six foot tall American. And according to a friend of the show, uh, Ruby from Cactuar, she's actually says everywhere she goes, people ask how she got out. Uh, She's like, no, I've lived in Japan for four years. I have an apartment at, you know, Mars Place. I've got a job in Shinjuku. Like she's got all this stuff. She has all of her paperwork, but it's really hard to convince people that she didn't like escape the boat just because she's American. Mm. She's like, this sucks. So she's like going work to home hood up. And she's like, I'm in pseudo lockdown too, just because of what's going on. And all it takes is one panicked person making a report. And then all of a sudden she's making a, very quick visit back to Arizona for three to six months. And she's like, I can't do that. So yeah, it's, it's been a tricky (sighs) thing to navigate, uh, but they're making sure that uh, just nobody's traveling. A friend of mine works for Fujifilm uh, and he goes, Oh yeah, we got an email. It's just like, yeah, company travel is just done. We're just not doing anything. Like nobody's going to Asia at all, no matter what. Yeah. And things aren't coming out of Asia either. Yeah, no one's going in, no one's coming out. Set, that said cosplay that I purchased back in January is still in China. Yep, my sister's was locked in China for like a month and a half. Same problem. Yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, I mean, I've been in contact with the, uh, the the seller, so I'm hoping they'll be able to do something to, you know, get it out here because, well, it's not everywhere in China is affected. I don't know where exactly this is coming out, but um, it, it is It'll- what it is. It should ideally level itself out in time. But yeah, for right now, uh, for everybody listening on the podcast or on Twitch.tv, maybe go to Europe for a little bit. (laughs) Maybe travel somewhere else for the next couple of months. Or just hunker down and uh, stay safe. You know, don't go out into that that mean, mean world. You know, avoid that giant uh, fireball in the sky that's... uh, shooting down angry beams but klaus there's a racetrack in riga that i want to go to <laughs> okay then you can go that's fine yeah, exactly i gotta go <laughs> um but that doesn't mean that there's nothing final fantasy going on um there the uh north american staff will still be hosting the final fantasy 14 booth they'll be still be doing the ruby weapon challenge uh they'll still be giving away the lanyards and scarves um fusion's not going anymore i heard but uh maybe somebody else can get you that scarf talis Oh, that'd, that'd be good. And an extra one for me, maybe. Just whoever goes, get like a whole bunch. Yes. And then and then send them to uh, Klaus, Kara Phoenix on radio. <laughs> and I'll get them. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll make it work. Uh, Final Fantasy VII will also have a presence at PAX East. Uh, the demo is going to be playable there. Uh, there will be signing sessions with the English voice acting crew throughout the weekend. So that'll be nice. If you're there, you can get some stuff signed by the... Uh, English voice actors. Barrett's going to be there. I was going to say, say hi to John Bentley for me. The dude's awesome. Yep. Um, And you'll also get to take pictures with the Hardy Daytona. Oh, that'd be fun. I wonder if the crazy motorcycles will be playing in the background. 
That would actually be pretty cool, yeah. If it's not, I need a Bluetooth speaker, and I'm just going to make it play in the oh, background. I've got, I've got yeah. it on my phone, so I could be like that, yeah. Exactly. So if, if you are still heading to Boston for PAX East next weekend, there is still stuff to do. Not everybody has uh, um, canceled on that. Anyone who is already over here, it's fine, just... Yes. Um... So then some additional Final Fantasy VII Remake news. They uh, released, or revealed, I should say, the uh, opening movie trailer, the, the opening cinematic. And holy crap, that is freaking amazing. It looks gorgeous. So good. So good. Yeah, like I said it before, but I'll say it again. It really does feel like this is the thing that looks like what my memory is. No, the, the the phrase is, I love being a turtle. I what? like turtles. I've said it before, oh. and I'll say it again. I love being a turtle. Doesn't make any sense, but okay. You've never seen the, the Ninja Turtles movie? Uh, nope. I have, but it, it, the context. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. I like turtles. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, it, it, it looks fabulous. Like you said, it, it, when I first played the game, this is how I pictured it in my head. This is how my brain interpreted it. It's this cinematic, you know, just breathtaking scene, fly over in the Midgar. And yeah, if you mm -hmm. have, go, go look, go watch it. We've linked it in the Twitch chat. I'll be linking in the show notes as well. Um, and there was also a whole bunch of image, images and footage of uh, the three new summons. I believe most of them are available via DLC. Um, Cactuar, Chocobo Chick, and Carbuncle. Okay, I'm sorry. Those ones went straight into the Uncanny Valley. For and why is that? Like, the Carbuncle's head is huge! Yes. It's, it's a very big it, forehead for some no, reason. No, that that is a twelve head. Yeah, at least. You know, it, it looks like um, it, one of the pets from uh, um, that, that they would have had in cone heads or something. Yeah. We come from France. No. <laughs> Dan like, Ackerman is hilarious in that movie. I know someone who likes them, and I still struggle to understand why they. It's not that they're necessarily bad. There's a little bit of a weird cuteness, but it's also kind of uncanny valley-ish. The Chocobo Chick was scary. I don't know if you guys were following the, the whole Twitter feed that we had going on with that. Don't but think I saw that one. The picture I posted in the in the pictures channel? Ah, yeah. Quay. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That was some of my best work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I am willing to believe when it's like in motion, it'll look fine, and it just looks weird because it's like a still image. Here, my, like I, I would be willing to believe that, but for the moment, it just feels weird. Here's my okay, and the cactuar is fine. The cactuar is a cactuar, but here yeah. is my issue: the, they use the cactuar. They have beautiful assets that they could have used from other games. I mean, the Final Fantasy thirteen Chocobo chick. Um, Alpha. I mean, they, they could have, you know, given that some more fluffiness. 
Um, the carbuncle from 15. I loved the carbuncle from 15. I thought it was just adorable. Looked like a little fox thing. It would be very interesting to hear them talk about the design philosophy on this and what they were going for. Kane has an interesting point. Maybe it's uh, make a radiation kind of like the uh, Simpsons three-eyed fish. Doesn't that just make them more traumatic? Yes. Maybe that's part of the point. I don't know. Regardless, um, like I said, there was a lot of backlash on social media when those were released. Most of it funny, but um, it, it, it is what it is. They did <sighs> also release a number of additional screenshots that were showing off side quests, um, weapons, materia, and battle abilities. And I'm um, thanking Nova Corsalis for their coverage on this. I'll be linking that here in the chat and in the show notes as well. Um, they show off some quests like on this kid who wor actually works with Hojo in the uh, um, in, in the uh, the lab, and he actually will help you get materia. They show some uh, just a whole number of quests. It's quite interesting. Yep. So if you're interested they're in some of them, go ahead. They're gonna have like, given that they're gonna have to have uh, create a sense of of like just for story purposes, it makes sense that. They're People having like those additional soldiers. Uh, I always thought it was weird that you have like this big organization that you never actually run into any of the other soldiers. Yeah, now we're so going to be running. Kind of makes sense that they're filling out the cast a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, and the fact that they're putting creating an entire game based off of just Midgar, right? Which I mean, like Midgar is uh, Midgar is a big city. We didn't really get to explore much of it, so it's like, yeah, there's lots of potential untapped ground here. But you're going. to... But did you like the screenshot of the playground? <sighs> that actually looked like I remember it. I mean, when you yeah. talk about that, that actually, and then they compared yeah. it to the old one. <laughs> and it's like the difference between the two is so drastic that mm -hmm. you have to be reminded this is the same scene. Mm -hmm. Yep. It doesn't seem like it, but it is. So, what's the house enemy going to look like? I wonder if they'll even have it. I think they, they will. They better. They they almost have to. But that it'll be an interesting bit, so I'm still super stoked and very excited for uh the the 7 remake, so like a April 10th can't come soon enough. I'll be going right from uh, Anime Detour into uh, Final Fantasy VII, basically. <laughs> Exciting. All right. Um, some, and there's also a little bit of Final Fantasy XI news. Um, Nexon had a, uh, um, like a shareholders meeting, and uh, they talked a little bit about the Final Fantasy XI mobile game. It's actually still in the works. But it does not. I was a little surprised at that. I thought it was DOA at this point. So uh, the fact. That yeah, basically, the way it's seeming like is they just don't have a, uh, um, a a release date at this point. At least it won't be released in 2020. Uh, I found an article from Twinfinite that I linked in the uh, in the chat. You can uh, check that out. Um, also goes into a little bit more depth on, as to what Nexon's uh, future uh, strategy is going to be moving forward, um, but. For now, Final Fantasy XI R, as they call it, is going to be a mobile-only game. 
So we'll have to see what we get out of that. I mean, I'm excited that they're still working towards it, but as I've said before, I'll believe it when I see it. It's been talked about for so long at this point. True. Well, like yeah, I guess it, it's just, you know, we there. it's been so radio uh, silent. It was just nice to see something said about it. It's like, yay, it still exists. They haven't forgotten about it. Um, there's a lot of Final Fantasy 14 news, but we'll be talking about that in a discussion topic because it's mainly 5.2. Um, but there is also a bunch of other Final Fantasy news. Um, for those of you who like the tactics style games, uh, you might be interested to go uh, pre-register for the uh, War of Divisions Final Fantasy Brave XVS game that will be coming out um, this spring on iOS and Android. Yeah, that one's kind of building off of referencing some of the stuff. So, uh, haven't really got. I've uh, know a friend who's been playing it for a bit, but I don't know a lot of the details. It looks pretty interesting. Because yeah, it's though. available in Japan right now. Right. I've seen some of the screenshots, and it's very tactics esque. Interesting. I wonder if, if are they? I haven't seen the screenshots. Are they going to keep the grid based combat? Yes. Okay. Um. They will be keeping yeah, the, the company that's uh, working on it was also responsible for mobile games like the. Sorry, you, you cut out kind on of that. a tactic style. Oh, the company working on it, I believe, was responsible for the Alchemist Code, which is a, another mobile game that uses a tactical RPG style thing. Okay, gotcha. Um, they will still continue yes, exactly some of the. Yeah, there will be a lot of gotcha. There'll still be continuing the crossovers. Um, in fact, if we get enough people who pre-register for the uh, the world the global release. I believe there's going to be any Stola that you'll be able to play in the game. Uh, first events, I believe, is actually a FF14 uh, collab. Okay. So there's some stuff with that, and that includes like a Stola unit. So there's going to be, nice. they're going to be relying a lot on that in a similar fashion that they did in um, the actual Brave Exvius game. But it's going to be. I'm not. I'm. I'm still interested to see how they actually work in the gotcha elements. And without interrupting the gameplay itself, so yeah, there's a couple different companies have used. So we, uh, I'd be interested to see what it is they're going to do with it. But I'm definitely interested in trying. I already uh, pre-registered, so Sarah pre-registered. Yeah. Yep. So if you're interested, I mean, follow the link in the chat. I mean, I'll be honest. If it's got the Final Fantasy name on it, I'll get some attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're all pretty addicted at this point. Yeah. But speaking of things that might not be uh, moving forward, um, or at least getting new updates, Dissidia Final Fantasy NT is ending its content updates as of March 5th. Wow. That took a lot less time than just... I believe the game came out in 2017. And it's just dead now. Yeah, Yeah, it just never really caught on so far as I could tell. No, yeah. it didn't, but man, that's brutal. Yeah, um, the arcade received its last update as of uh, February 20th, so just just this last oh, week. Okay. Um, but the uh, PS4 version will still get, there's two new costumes coming to the game uh, for um, Cloud of Darkness and Golbez, I believe. But um, once that's done, there's going to be a minor upgrade to balance things out a little bit, but no major updates are planned for the future, and there is no uh, plans for a sequel in the works. Yeah, 
I mean, like Mobius, I uh, think fairly recently announced that they uh, were going to be ending service. Uh, May, I believe, right? Uh, start of June, yeah. Yeah, so s late spring, there that's going to be going. I mean, I played a lot of that game, but it got to be too much um, spend money yeah. to, to get through the game. Yeah. Also, I know like sometimes the story could be a bit op opaque, and I think like a lot of people didn't necessarily enjoy it as much. Yeah, they're they're basically going to be keeping the game up until uh, they release the final um, story elements, and then once that's right. done, they'll give people a few weeks to get through that, and then game over. Yep. It's kind of sad. So it is a little bit. Um, it's unfortunate that like just we so much time and so much energy and effort has been put into it over the last couple of years. And now it's like, hey, we're we're done. Yep. And like that's going to happen someday with like 11 and we're all going to feel the same way. But like 11 is 20 years old. Yeah. Mobius is not. No. Mobius was yeah. what? 2004. They 15? had their third anniversary, I want to say. Oh, I thought I thought they had been around longer than that. Maybe not. No, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think they had their third anniversary. Okay. But speaking of games that uh, are still going on well, and the Dissidia games at that, um, Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia, they're celebrating their second anniversary. That uh, is continuing in the game. Um, they just added Aranea from Final Fantasy 15 to the game. And, uh, holy and that was as a global first exclusive. Yes, and she is OP. I mean, seriously, she wrecks shit. Just crazy powerful. Yeah, I mean, she's got moves. Okay, um, I'm not sure how much... Have you ever played it, Talas? Mm-hmm, I played it for a little bit, yeah. Okay, well, they've added, like I said, the, the level cap is now 70 for character for a lot of characters. Um, and there are certain fights that you have to fight with other people. Uh, players you know the co-op like yeah yep, it's a, a co-op mission um she is so op at least in her event that if you have her in your you know one of the other people's playing as her um you can potentially kill the enemies in that in three turns giving you a max score of nine 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 like it maxes out the score counter yes good lord yes uh her kit focuses a lot on various types of delay moves and other things like that uh and some very powerful multi-hit abilities so i mean we're talking she can do over a hundred thousand damage over you know a group of enemies in fairness she was possibly one of the most interesting characters in 15 so oh, yeah. i'm not surprised no yeah. I, I mean she's awesome uh, the, other, but... the other thing to note is uh much like beatrix who they also did as a was released first for global and was released for japan at around the same time is that usually the characters are kind of power crept up to where japan is ah so they tend to be a little stronger yeah because i mean yeah japan they are quite a uh, ways like ahead of us ahead yeah, so I mean, we've actually only had the game for about a year and a half. Or, no, we. Hold on. They have their second. They're in the midst of the second anniversary for the U.S. Yeah. right now. I'm just trying to think because I've actually been. Has it been more than that? Because I I could swear that this will be the third. Um. Yeah, this will be the third detour that I've been playing Opera Omnia. So it actually it was two years for us now. 
Yep. Yeah, we're in the midst of our second anniversary. Our second our anniversary. Yeah, for them, their second anniversary was would have been back uh, late last year then. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. All right. I'm back. I have been having fun with... Uh, Ignis was also at it at about the same time. Uh, he is Actually, a support... Two weeks earlier, I believe, or a week earlier. Pretty similar timing. Uh, he, he is a support unit that focuses a lot on uh, cooking up recipes. He actually has a skill called Quick Recipe. Yes. Like, he, spelled out to be pronounced like that. P-E-H. P-E-H. Yeah. Oh, yep. God. And it has him very quickly uh, start cooking in the middle of the battlefield. You then get a little uh, bonus free action that determines what type of dish it is, uh, which gives all sorts of different bonuses to your party. So it ends up being a really powerful support uh, who can provide uh, various buffs based on which dish you make. Yep. And he does go. So. Yeah, he does <laughs> yeah. a little snap as well. <laughs> That's perfect. He He's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, with him and Aranea and any other character... Or like two RNAs and a uh, um, an Ignis will destroy anything. It's it's amazing. I yeah, might have does, to reinstall that. That sounds fun. He works well with characters that uh, get uh, can get free moves, which is something that RNA can actually do. She can uh, get stuff where she gets bo- uh, bonus act rounds and the like. Yep, RNA, Titus, uh, Noctis. Uh, Lightning as well. Light, yep. Also King, with if you've got uh, his newer stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, from Type Zero. Yep, they have a lot of the Type Zero cast. There's just a lot of characters. Period. There's over a hundred. Yeah, I think That's also the lot. Type Zero cast they just recently added. It. Yes. There's there's a lot. I know they're like still like they they announced a long time ago like hey we're not going to do all that DLC for fifteen and we're kind of canceling a lot of what they were playing just because there wasn't enough people playing it. Right. And. So they decided it wasn't worth the effort. So there's still a really big chunk of fandom for 15. So it's nice that they're actually including characters elsewhere so that we kind of still get to attach ourselves and endear. Now, these characters are endeared to us, but we still get them. Well, you heard just that, in a slightly different format. You heard that they're actually writing uh, little novellas on the uh, the canceled DLC, didn't you? Yes. Plus, so Arneo was always kind of a popular character, so even people who didn't weren't necessarily so hot on the game as a whole uh, really liked her. Agreed. Yes. I, yeah, fifteen's definitely not in my uh, in the my favorites, but there's some interesting characters, and Arneo was definitely one of them. I was really happy when she showed up. All right. So that was, I mean, a lot of uh, Final Fantasy news in the past two weeks. But the big thing that we're going to be talking about, of course, is Final Fantasy XIV and Patch 5.2. This will be a spoiler-free episode, so if you have not gotten through the the, uh, main storyline yet, don't worry, we're not going to be spoiling any of that. Um, That will be on the next episode, where we'll get more in-depth in uh, some of the storylines and and things like that. What we're going to talk about tonight is basically what our initial thoughts are on the different content that we did, um, how we think that it was received, you know, stuff like that. So without further ado, let's just jump into uh, main scenario and what did you guys think of the 5.2 story? Hmm. It's like I'm trying to think of what I want to say without necessarily getting into spoiler territory. I'm in the same boat. I have the added benefit of I only finished it a couple hours ago. Uh, so it's all very fresh in my head. 
uh, it definitely adds to Shadowbringers where we had previous patches in other expansions where we would get an even numbered patch. We would all play all week. And by Friday afternoon, we were all kind of going, Hey, this dropped on Tuesday and I'm back to weekly raids and custom deliveries for scripts. And it's not even Saturday yet. That's kind of frustrating. This patch doesn't have that. This patch has us finishing MSQ and then going in and trying to find everything else to unlock because it's all tying itself together really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's a bit more integration of the parts than there has been for previous patches. Well, I believe that they stated that in order to get into like uh, the last uh, Eden raid, you actually had to complete MSQ. Uh, Not quite. Or get through a certain part of it. Yeah, so partly that, partly uh, completing MSQ uh, at... There's a, qu- a quest that is not... Sorry, you cut out at the last You're bit. You're cutting out there, super bad. There's a, sorry. There's a quest that is not part of the raid itself. That requires MSQ stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Is it the I won't say last further quest? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's just been... I think this is Shadowbringers in general uh, that we've seen since July is... When we went into the twinning, we were like, oh, that's from Alexander. Oh, that's from Omega. Oh, that's from Crystal Tower. And we got to see kind of, oh, this whole game is linking itself together. And this patch as well is kind of in that same vein of this is from this other quest. And this is from this beast tribe. And this is from these people. And all of a sudden, we're interested in zones and areas and plot threads from Heaven's Word from Stormblood that are now relevant again. Yeah, from like there's a lot going on. And it's really nice to see that we have more depth as opposed to just three more fetch quests, two more filled quests, two quests where you teleport halfway across the planet six times and talk to a bunch of people. Please allocate time to view these scenes in their entirety. And then you don't have anything to do for four months. That's awful. Nobody wants that. This is not that. This no. gives us a lot to do. I think there were a lo- there were a lot of uh, subverted ex- expectations as well in terms of a lot of the plot points and other stuff we were getting. Yeah, I think that uh, what they've given us so far in five point two will have a lot of people speculating for quite a while. I mean, we've already had ideas as to what we thought was going to be happening in like what our place is in this entire thing. Um, where we fit, you know, with the Amarotians and all of that. There are things that are going to make you really th- think about that. And yeah, it's it's going to subvert some of these other ideas. Or, or maybe it'll bring back other thoughts that people were having. So it's... There's definitely a lot of uh, guesses that people had about where the plot was going, about what particular things meant about interpretations of stuff that... There are uh, some subtle lines that upended a lot of those. So, and other ones where it's like, there were definitely a few where it's like, this is interesting. I have no idea why this makes any difference seem to actually meaningfully change anything. Which, if they bothered to actually make this a point that they were hammering on, makes me feel like, okay, there's something else coming that's going to make this relevant later. But I have no idea how that could become relevant. Are the Loremonger channels pretty uh, active right now with uh, ideas and thoughts? 
there's been some discussion, some trying to guess about stuff. A uh, fair bit of... Uh, I will say there was one scene where... Uh, let me find, because I don't think it uh, spoils it. Hang on. Moose actually grabbed a screenshot of it. Uh, it was of Ishtola after discussing something, pausing and saying that uh, she was speculating without any evidence and would avoid doing so in the future. That was adorable. And it's like, okay, yes, screenshot, add to image macro, post on every thread ever. Yes. That was pretty funny. Ruining all our wild speculation? The, the, it's, wild speculation is fine, but present evidence. Back up your speculation with evidence. The Sometimes the evidence that we have is stupid, and then we end up being right anyway. So that's also a problem. I believe... Well, sir, and some, sometimes the evidence we have is weirdly meta. Uh, there's a couple things I'm thinking of that... I cannot actually discuss right this moment. I suppose we'll have to save it for next. There's some where it's like, there's pretty much nothing in world that, uh, there's a reason that people thought, uh, that the crystal X art was Grahatia. There's a couple reasons. Some of them were this same kind of thing where it's like, we're getting information that's not actually in the game, but from outside knowing that this was designed this way, that this has this parameter going on. This suggests that they're setting it up for that, but there's no actual in-game thing of it. This is us kind of peeking at the guts of the storytelling. It's like that. Yeah, I think that's about the best I could say without actually starting to give some of it away. Yeah, I think that's that's about that's it's about the limit of where we should probably hit today. But yes, there are definitely some parts where it's oh wait, this is actually we've been working with this assumption for a while, but this thing does seem to fly directly in its face. Uh, what does that actually mean? There's a lot of discussion going on about it. Well, I believe it was uh, Samuel L. Jackson who once said, "The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence." I what? <laughs> <laughs> talking about your did I just have a stroke or something <laughs> did you ever watch the boondocks ages ago oh. do you remember that scene where his, uh, the, the character that he voices the, the, um, that uh, police guy right yeah I just yes. I had to say that just because of your uh, you're talking about the evidence thing yeah, 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 no, that's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, Sarah, do, do you want... I oh God, this, I already know the answer to this question. This is just radio at this point. Do you want to correct Klaus because you have all of the correct information? You're trying to set me up, but I'm not going to fall for it. <laughs> or do you just want to have this quote be attributed to Samuel L. Jackson instead? I know it's it's not Samuel L. Jackson. It, it's there's, I mean, it comes from somewhere else, but it, it no, just... stop it. <laughs> Let's see how Klaus far we can this, go. Klaus has this annoying tendency to explain things that don't actually need explaining. Stop it. Moving on. Oh man! All right, fair. It's Carl Sagan, by the way. Yes, I know. Heads up for anybody that was actually curious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I I feel like that's one of those things. Like how anything that's even vaguely witty immediately gets at Winston Chill. Yeah, that's another one that happens. Or Abraham yeah. Lincoln. Yeah, he gets a lot of credit for stuff too. <laughs> I remember when Abraham Lincoln said we shouldn't believe everything we read on the internet. 
Smart guy. Yeah, like that. Definitely. Okay. Well spoken. Well, Great emancipator. He sure is honest. All right, so the dungeon. We get the dungeon uh, at the end of the uh, MSQ. And... Uh, yeah, this was one where talking about it before the show, uh, Talis and I definitely had different opinions on it. Yeah, I uh, am sitting over here in the corner of I absolutely hate survival section slash kill boxes in dungeons. I think they are obnoxious and cheap and lazy. And I wasn't a fan. Yeah, but I thought, for I design thought... reasons, it's great. Like it's the easiest way to continually u- reuse assets without breaking your your time constraints. I but d- like, there's one in Aether Chem that drove me nuts. There's a couple in Heavensward that drove me nuts, and I'm like, oh, good, it's this again. I do think that moving forward, you know, over the long run, it's gonna get old. Yeah, I, but it's it's not something they're doing terribly often. Like the stuff you're describing, it's like once an expansion. That seems acceptable. Yeah. But I mean, it's like I said, it, for the first time experience, it was awesome. I enjoyed yeah. it. it what, oh, I watching what, what happened, it was great. The 14th or oh. 15th time. Like when you're doing it as part of a roulette. Exactly. Like now. I mean, I can, I can still I still enjoy it now even, I guess. But, uh, you know, when, once yeah. we get to, you know, getting close to uh, 5.3, we're going to be sick so to much. death of that. Yeah. Uh, for those who haven't done it yet, the dungeon starts with a particular set piece, uh, which involves uh, moving through a particular uh, some types of territory. Has this it's is really uh, hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how, but, like, it starts with a particular set piece done in the style of moving through an area, uh, moving on some stuff instead of like just a standard walking through the dungeon. Yep. So it had an interesting feeling to it given the story setting of what was going on. I thought it was really fun and interesting, but I could also see getting tired of it after. It's basically, if you think of uh dune sky, we start on yeah. the airship and we're fighting the, uh, the doom gaze. And um, it's basically like that. Yeah. Except you're, you're fighting trash mobs instead of a, uh, <clears throat> a first boss. Well, because it's a dungeon. Correct. So, yeah. It is, it's like that. Like I said, it was kind of cool. But um, uh, there's a bunch of other things within that dungeon that were really neat. Um, the mechanics on the bosses were really cool. Uh, the music was a callback on some stuff, which also uh, was kind of dovetailed interestingly with the mechanics being a callback. Yeah, I did catch that. The music was very different than what I was expecting, and I liked it, but I was not anticipating having the music change as much as it did and having it adjust to individual fights and scenes. Yeah. That was actually really nice. Yeah, actually, Nicknar mentioned the uh, um, the, the ship graveyard uh, in Stormblood was also started out that way. Uh, oh, the, oh, le- yeah. the level yeah. 61 dungeon. Siren Song C. Yep, it sure did. So yeah, is it, it? So it starts off very similar to that. Um, I it, I don't. There's multiple ways that people are running the dungeon right now, so it's it still you know keeps you uh, engaged. Um, plenty of loot. 
the minion is awesome. You can see it on the screen. Sarah got lucky. Yep. Oh, I is that what my... that minion is? Yes. Yep, I got it on my first run. Well, the all right, that's fair. That's pretty cool. Yep, so. I did it. Uh, I did it as a trust run. I like to do the first one as a trust run, just so I have time to like look around, observe, get used to the mechanics as well. I, I needed to make sure that this was done uh, before the show started, so I had to do it as a trust run first as well. Because um, yeah, DPS queues suck. Agreed. Uh, I actually went through as a tank, but I have the unfortunate problem now of now that I've done it as a trust run, like. If I want to do it with my trusts again, I have to level up my trusts to 80, and I really don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I've got three of mine there. The other three are at 77. I hate how, my life. How do you have the the brain power to go that long? My God. He I listens, don't know. He listens to a lot of podcasts, like Phoenix Down Radio. Woo. I actually I, I, haven't, I, listened, I haven't listened I, to I, podcasts other than ours in years. I explicitly refer to Praetorium as Podcastorium at this point. We we call it Cinematorium because we're watching YouTube and Netflix or whatever. Right. Yes. Anime I, I, I think a lot of I people. I call it have Anime that Roulette. Idea. Anime Roulette. That's that's also apt. <laughs> it's kind of funny that enough different people have all gotten this kind of idea. <laughs> Though, we all have the oh, same idea and we manifested it slightly differently, but the idea is the same. This is dumb, do, and we're doing something else. Do something else exactly. Um. I, I do want to bring this up. The last run that I had in Praetorium, there are still people who are utilizing the uh, the, the cutscene skip hack. <sighs> oh, dying. I think or I fought DCing and, coming, DCing back and coming back, I think is how they're doing it. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. 100% certain because I'm in cutscene. And I don't, but I don't hear the, 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 the disconnect, you know, that they've gone offline. Which hmm. is weird. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. All I know is I ended up uh, only fighting three of the bosses, and uh, everything was dead before the final cutscene even finished. So, I leveled wow. for free apparently. You that mean? But yeah, it's. I just don't do it, guys. It that is no. uh, an exploit. That is a bannable thing. So, yeah. Take your free XP, enjoy it, you know, do Take some... Take a moment to fucking breathe. I mean, you, you can shit talk with the other people in the uh, um, instance if you want, you know, and, and oh, talk about yeah, how I much fun you're time. having, you know, watching these cutscenes over and over. And, you know... I become a very fierce advocate for Sid slash... Yes, I mean, that is the scene, you know, where the, the romantic that is tension where the is... That's greatest love story begins. No, it that began a lot earlier, but I mean, this is where it, it starts to come to a head. Wink. That's where the shipping happens. Yeah. And I, where is it? That's what she said. People are surprisingly willing to discuss this, too. It's great. <laughs> so enjoy it's it for like what it is, guys. It's like humanity. Yeah. Just enjoy uh, it for what it is. You know, don't be one of those guys and uh, try and, you know, save a couple of minutes and... Uh, ruin somebody else's you know potential first time run through it i mean that's why they have it set this way so yeah all right anyway moving on or is there anything else you want to discuss on the dungeon uh now i want to talk about sid slash nero for, that'll be Always. that will be the librarians extra oh yeah um you have to be the a patreon member for that, that. <laughs> i wonder if we can actually get people who <laughs> 
Oh my god, that would be so evil. The forbidden stacks are very stacked tonight. If it works, Sarah, oh, I will man, give you a cut. Oh man, forbidden stacks! Huh? If that totally works to get more patrons, I will give you a cut. <laughs> <laughs> forbidden stacks, good lord. Um, Alright, so let's talk about uh, the uh, eight-man raid, Eden's Verse. Um, I've run it. Sarah, you've run it? I have run it. I and uh, uh, Talas, you have not yet run it. Not are you, yet. Are no. you familiar with it at all? Nope. Okay. Well, then, Sarah, I guess we're going to have a little discussion here. Um, you have got homework, Talas. Oh, that's it's, it's it going to happen. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to happen. Um, like I said, all I want to say is, to an extent, I was right. <laughs> and that's all we're going to say about that. But um, I loved the fights. Yeah, there was a lot of... I uh, pretty much always try to go into the new raid uh, blind and try to work out the mechanics as yep. I go. Yep. There was lots of surprising stuff. At the same time, I never felt like there was anything cheap. After As each run went on, I felt like I had to notice uh, this little thing to put together some stuff of, okay, this is what appears to be going on. And there was a time where it was like, yes, we wiped, but we made progress each time. And it never felt unfair. There are a couple of cheap... Um moves out there that are one hit kills uh that first fight especially eh, let's see which one was ah yes uh the, the 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 things with the big aoe and yeah so the thing was like that one did wipe us the uh, uh yeah you, that, like i, I only died to that mechanic once though i will say that yeah it was a tiny thing where die to it once and then looking at it it was fairly quick to realize what was going on with it, especially if you think of it in terms of like, okay, what's the real one uh, like? Like, yes. what's the real, what real world phenomenon is going on with this that might make it work that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a really well done fight. Um, it, it's it goes pretty smoothly for the most part. Like I said, I think I don't think we wiped on that one. No, we did wipe once. We wiped one time. We had a couple wipes, but. I did not, uh, the, no one left the group. We were making constant progress. Yes, it was relatively easy, though. Once you understood the mechanics of it, um, and holy balls. Right? <sighs> no, there were... I'm that just... was the other one that uh, threw for a bit. Uh, I don't <clears throat> think it's spoiling that much to say which one it is, is it? I don't know. Yeah, we won't. We won't. But, uh, so, I people already know that a lot of the fights are callbacks to other fights. That's been kind of a thing of Eden in general. Mm -hmm. And with this one, there's a mechanic that was uh, part of the callback, but that worked in a subtly different way. And I think that threw people off for a bit. Like, even on, when we had the success, people who didn't quite get what was going on and weren't doing it the right way just because they were so used to the original one that the callback remixed mechanic was throwing them yeah yeah but it, it, i thought it worked well once you figured out how to handle you know that mechanic and what to do with uh what's what's presented to you it, it worked pretty well uh second fight was pretty phenomenal yeah <laughs> Um, and the third fight was wow. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not going to play that for you right now. But it it has a lot of mechanics that require actually a lot of thinking on your feet. So they put a lot of work into these. 
There's definitely a lot of battlefield awareness uh, type stuff in all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, this one Chain I think attack. is the most, um, even yeah. more so than than eight, I believe. Yeah, the uh, E7 felt like it required a lot of pain, not just attention, not just to the boss and what the boss is doing, but attention to the battlefield and what's going on. Yes. And putting together uh, various bits of information to figure out which areas are going to be safe. Yep. And being quick in, in moving around as well. I mean, you can't just stand in one spot and think you're safe. You're going to have to then adjust shortly after that. Yeah, it was something where you're shown a particular piece of information. You have a little bit of time, a little bit of time to figure out the safe sequence of moves, and then you need to actually execute that safe sequence of moves. Exactly. Similar to um, in the twenty-four man raid, the last boss, where you've got those uh, areas on the floor that go from you know gonna get bombed, you know it, it moves around. Right. You the bombing re- run done by nine uh, S. No, not the bombing run, but uh, um, there's another. Or is it a bomb? Or am I thinking? Yeah. I, I'm Missile thinking, bombing yeah. run. Okay. Because yeah. uh, otherwise the other one was the strafing run. That's what that one was. Strafing run. That's the term. Yeah. Well, strafing run. That's the one where he goes three across the screen. Um, the one the, the I'm thinking of was actually the little square. Oh, they, li- they light up in a sequence and then you'll have to repeat that dodge sequence. Correct. So it's, it's very similar to that, but there's a lot more battlefield awareness needed yeah. for it. Rather than the exact spots that are safe being queued, uh, it does stuff around the battlefield to safe spots. Yeah, I, I can see a lot of people that are going to have some issues with that, but... Uh, um, yeah, I know that the Savage version has been completed. I haven't had a chance to look at the mechanics and see how those uh, things translate into Savage, yes. so I'm definitely interested to see. Savage that. was beaten the next day. I think 36 hours was the time it took. Something like that, Something yeah. Like that. And it went to a Japanese uh, raid group this time. They got world first and second, I believe. So congratulations. That's the Congrats fastest uh, second tier I've ever seen. Usually second tier is harder than the first tier. So. Unless maybe they just had really good pings. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no. Who knows? I'm. It's always fun when you have you ever actually like watched. Usually we can't catch it live, but we can catch the videos. But if you watch the world firsters, like figuring it out, it's ever crazy. actually what it's the level of creativity and problem solving is just beyond what most of us have in general, let alone in gaming. It's so, so much fun to watch these. players come up with this stuff i mean usually there's something planted in there that's going to be like this is a subtle hint or cue to do this thing and so watching them put that together yeah it's like watching someone solve a puzzle i mean it's pretty much what it is Mm -hmm. basically yeah but yeah i i guess and and i am scared to think what uh, e7s is like but uh to those who are doing the the savages you know you know going for world first server first whatever you guys are pretty awesome. Though the one thing that I am kind of sad about is uh um there was a collaboration with another group that did a lot of uh uh wow world first uh race um following so where you know where they're broadcasting it. Um the fact that it got, you know, beaten so early that kind of is a made that less relevant. Yeah. You know, they didn't get to, to 
use it for as long as they, that they could have. I know in the past, Savage Tears have gone into day three and day four. Well, I mean, they don't necessarily... I think they usually uh, have a pretty good idea. Or like, they have how long it's going to take. And they know that people might figure out something early. That sometimes you think, oh, this is a really tricky one. That it turns out that they get that fast and it's something else that hangs them up. Mm, yeah. So I don't know they're necessarily hoping or expecting it for just to run as long as it can. I know. I would be very interested to see what the internal stuff looks like on that. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to Ruby Weapon. Oh, there's a lot of fields for Ruby Weapon. There's a lot. Like, I get why the uh, the Raid series has the name now. Sorry, you cut out? I get why the Raid series has the name The Sorrow of Werelit now. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot going on on that battlefield. There's a lot of uh, surprises, uh, unexpected shifts and things going on. Stuff that we were not, uh, callbacks to things that I was not expecting to see again. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, it, it somewhat explains some of the, what we got in the uh, the trailer. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that makes more sense from that now. But at the same time, once again, there's a lot more questions about, wait, what does that mean? Mm, very true. Um. Yeah, we're not going to spoil it, but you know, we we we've, we know what he looks like. What what we know what the the weapon looks like. We know some of its moves. A lot of them are reminiscent of the Final Fantasy VII boss with the same name. Um, uh, since it's early on, I uh, the whole thing where in the original Final Fantasy VII puts the tentacles in, uh, makes that thing of quicksand that pulls enemies away. They had something that was a fun reference to that. That was actually kind of neat. Yep, and it killed me. Oh, it, it wiped like uh, three quarters of our party the first time. Because <laughs> people weren't expecting it. Well, I'm laughing because Nick Nard just pledged $10 on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that support. Uh, it's amazing, but uh, we love you, Nick Nard. It means we're, you're $10 closer to having to write that fanfic. Aw, oh, yeah. <laughs> For our $10 patrons and ups, which is... Uh... I believe you mean my magnum opus, which is also the name of the specialized magic device that Nero has created in order to... Wait, No, what? no more fan fiction about Nero. <laughs> no, we're, 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 getting, we're getting one step closer to all that, so... Oh, yeah. I want it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Nicknar does. I mean, you don't have to read it <laughs> no. until I read it to you. Oh, God. <laughs> Clockwork Orange like style. Scalier read like bad fan fiction. Maybe. Oh God, is this gonna be like when we forced Emmy to read bad fan fiction? Oh God, how did I miss that? That sounds glorious. <laughs> oh yeah, Remix wrote some like really trashy, like bad one-page fanfic, and had Emmy read it, and it was the most innocent, sweet, beautiful, disgusting trash pile ever. It was amazing. Oh, man, I should show you the Pooh slash Sephiroth fic. I don't. Sure, why not? It's, <laughs> it's fine. It, there's nowhere to go but down. Talos, had, had you uh, had a chance to do uh, Ruby Weapon or did you skip that as well for now? I literally have done MSQ. Okay. And that is it. That's all I've done. Um, What are your thoughts, you know, as far as your uh, expectations for it then? So, as for me, like, my, I'm hoping that 
because we're getting the regular and the the and the the savage back to back. I'm hoping that it actually provides a really good challenge this time, um, because I know that some tiers. I go in, I'll play for a week or two, we'll get some progression, I'll just look at it and be like, I'm not interested enough in the gear for continuing to do this. I'm not, I don't want to do this three or four hours a week for the next two months. And I just kind of drop it. And then there's some that's really fun and it's a good challenge that's interesting. So I'm hoping that we have a really interesting challenge and not just a balls hard throw against a brick wall challenge because hmm. those aren't interesting. No, it... There's a lot of interesting things happening with that fight, so I think you'll enjoy it. I hope so. It's like I said, it 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 definitely pulls you in different directions. So and we've got a lot of gear to catch up on too, because I think most of my gear was from Copied Factory at this point, and obviously that's not gonna that's not gonna do a whole heck of a lot. Like I've I've got some work to do. I think you need what four fifty five. I'm at four sixty and change, but it's like. That's still, you know, coming in at absolute bare minimum is tough. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. Um, but like I said, it, it's um, <clears throat> you get it in um, Alamigo. So you have that choice where you can actually go there right away or you can go on to MSQ. Yeah, it shows up as part of the MSQ, but like in the first quest. Oh, okay. But you don't actually have to... They give you the choice if um, you want to address MSQ first or if you want to go... Actually, it's rather a lot like the whole thing with the Four Lords, where in the course of doing the MSQ, some stuff happens that motivates checking into this thing, and you can start on that or continue with the MSQ well, at your discretion. It's literally the first quest. Right. Is I'm it? saying it's similar to the Four Lords in that, as part of the MSQ, this situation comes up. Yep. Instead of talking with um, Kryle you talk to the guard instead who's up by on the left side of the stairs and instead of alphano spending all of your money on a goddamn sword <laughs> we are never gonna let him live that down nope we shouldn't it's alphano yep pretty much oh we right. shouldn't let him live i have not yet that set down set foot into uh the uh extreme version yet but i'm hoping too soon i skipped the last extreme which i still need to do yeah um, spender was telling me a little bit about it since he really likes doing extremes yeah i i, I want to get into i still need to do my uh, doggo farming too right uh the mounts are the true end game right it sounded like there was a there was a lot of uh a lot more quicksand happening, uh, mixed up with various types of things and shifting around at unexpected things. And that's before you get to, there is a phase transition where all sorts of other interesting stuff happens. Gotcha. Now, a bit that I haven't done yet, ocean fishing. But I know Sarah has. I was going to say, I didn't even bother doing, like, I, I had a little bit of extra time and I was like, should I do ocean fishing? And then I was like, nah, Sarah's here. He's got it's this. It's so relaxing. <laughs> I've heard good things about it, and you yeah. can get a lot of yellow script. Yeah, it is surprisingly accessible. Uh, I thought it was going to be, uh, from the way it was described in the stuff, I thought it was, okay, it's limited to this number of people, but no, it will instance multiple boats. It's just 24 people per boat. Yeah, so the first 24 people to get on will get the, this boat. And then it'll just okay. build up to the next yeah, boat. As long as you show up during the sign-up period, you'll be able to sign up. But once a boat fills up with 24, it departs immediately instead of waiting until the end of the sign-up period. Which is kind of nice. 
Yeah. Ooh, I like that. But you can yeah. still only do it every two hours. Yep. So yeah, every two hours you get an opportunity. The actual thing itself runs around 20 minutes. Uh, you're sailing between three different fishing spots. There are four spots in total, and one has a selection of fish that can be found at it. Each one can also be encountered in a regular and a spectral version, and different fish show up during the spectral version. People are working out what can be caught where, uh, under what conditions. Uh, there are prizes for getting let's see, various numbers of points from it. Uh, you also get a variety of fish that you could slap onto those canvases as part of that new feature. And is, this yeah, the the bug, is, this, is, is this the bug catching contest from Pokemon Gold and Silver? Uh, I'm not sure. Is the bug catching contest done as a team? No, it's done as an individual. Well, I mean, it's, like, your Pokemon, it's your Pokemon team, but yeah. Like, you're not, you're not competing against the other people. Everyone's fishing together. Like, you, part of your rewards will actually be based on how well everyone does. And there may yep. be something like, between everyone, you were able to catch 10 different fish in this area. So you get a 10% bonus. Stuff like that. Yeah, you're, you're fishing oh, on behalf cool. of the, uh, the fishing guild. Yeah, but you're all working. Oh, together. okay. That's how they wrote it in. That makes sense. Yep, they got this See, boat, sounds... and they're filling it up with people who like to fish. See, that sounds awesome, because as an old um, Magic player, like, on Friday nights when we were doing draft, we would be like, is there eight people? Okay, here's your, you know, here's your 24 packs of cards. There's a table. Figure it out. You know, pair up, play. Winners keep going. Losers don't. And it just, it was super fast and easy. And as soon as we had eight people those eight people went off and played. We didn't have to worry about like a start time or a timer or anything else. We just, here's your eight, go, here's your eight, go. And this sounds like it's a similar idea. There's yep. 24 people, the boat's leaving. There's 24 people, the boat's leaving. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, there are, there's an adorable, the shark minion as well as a shark mount come from that. Do, 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 so do, I know do. some people have been pushing hard for that. But the scripts are nice, too, and it's just kind of a nice, fun, peaceful thing. You get to see lots of different uh, areas of uh, Vilbrand and a little bit of the coasts of uh, Thanalan from perspectives that you don't normally see. And it's just that nice. Sounds, that sounds awesome. It also sounds like uh, people that like gathering are going to be very busy. So uh, if you want to make some money picking up some time nodes from uh, botany, now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of, you know, gathering, the Katari uh, Beast Tribe is 100% gathering based. I don't quite have it unlocked because the unlock process is awesome, but also very annoying. It involves yeah, a lot of... Squee! Yes. Uh, so this has been a thing for uh, uh, for beast tribes in general ever since Stormblood. Uh, usually there will be like uh, in each zone there's kind of two major uh, quests, uh, side quest plot lines that come together for a combined one where you're solving or resolving both their stories. There's like a B plot for each one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, Raktika's deal with a pair of uh, V sisters who are uh, having conflicting uh, feelings about uh, their role in the wood, and also everyone's favorite de uh, deity, the Great Serpent of Ronka. <laughs> I've done the Ronka side. I'm working on the twins. Yep. yep. And then once you get the twins done, you get the, the combined quest that gets you the Great Serpent minion, which will then allow you to unlock 
the uh, the Qatari. Yeah, like Which I've, just, we... that's such a cool idea where it's like you have to see the side quest, but the side quest also isn't like prohibitive or difficult or annoying. No, it's it just takes a little bit of time. We want you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they just want you to like motivate you why you're doing all well, the motivation you need is the little guy jumping around in, in the, if you're watching the video or, or live here on Twitch, um, behold, Bartol. One of the first things you can actually buy is another minion. <laughs> so, and it is the, oh. the, one of the adorbest minions ever. Yeah. I've also heard that at least some of the early, Quests uh, have callbacks to a lot of our memes, so. But yeah, I recommend. I mean, if you if you have not yet uh, leveled your gatherers up, I think you have to be seventy for these. Yeah, it's um, usually you need to be at whatever level gather. The experience looks good. It's easy to do. I mean, extremely easy. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where. If once you unlock it, just do it every day until you get everybody up to the you know the requisite uh, reputation level, and then you get all the things. Plus, like I said, great way for a little bit of money. Great way for leveling up if you don't like gathering things otherwise. So it's good stuff. Um, I know that I definitely use the Moogles pretty hard, mm -hmm. just because I was because crafting between fifty and sixty was pretty bad. Yeah, but being able to do it with Moogles, it was like, eh, it's it's still not ideal, but it's a lot. Moogles is what I used because I did not level normally. I I used the Moogles to get every one of my crafters to sixty. Uh, yeah. the big thing with uh, this one is part of the quests involve of uh, the Katari kind of since they have a history as uh, in the M uh, Empire of Ronka, uh, trying to learn more about that history and trying to work out their own personal identity. Yeah, uh, let's but, not get too in depth though, because sure. we don't want to. We don't want to spoil it. Sure. The big thing being that that history is murky, and so you are uh, asked at various points to interpret. Yes, yeah, so we and this can... has led to a lot of soul searching and questioning by a lot of people who aren't quite sure which is the real history, which do. You what kind of story do you want to encourage it really sh I really like it just showing a lot of what's involved for historians who often have very incomplete information and are trying to create the best story out of it that they can like this is the actual struggle that a historian goes through we or scree yeah, Sarah's voice went diving into the abyss that mine just went into <laughs> All right. Um, and then let's just talk real briefly about like some of the quality of life things. The, the other little bits that we got with uh, oh. with this patch. I know Sarah has words that he wants to express. So oh, I have been doing so a fair, fair bit of crafting. In your menu, the collectibles icon for stuff that auto crafts as a collectible. Oh, it's like big and yellow and really easy to see now. It's very helpful. Mm-hmm. The calculations thing is also really nice. Uh, I know there is often a lot of like trying to figure on the fly. Okay, how big Spiragot's going to be? I could I be broken, but I see that? Sarah talking, but I hear nothing. Damn it! I hear you, and I hear Sarah. So I don't know. Maybe restart Strange. your um, Discord, Talos. Uh, but so a lot of those calculations numbers are 
really, really handy. Uh, saves me a lot of having to sit back and figure it. And in a couple cases where I learned that a few of them, of them actually worked slightly differently than I'd been counting. So that was really nice. I'm wondering if maybe his um, earbuds aren't working or the, the uh, he maybe can't hear it. Hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of other quality of life as well. Sorry, I'm working with Talas if you want to continue on. No worries. I'm actually pulling up the patch notes to remind myself of what was in this one and what came previously. Let's see. We had... There we are. The Beast Tribes. Uh, new submersible stuff, which I've been building all the submersible parts for, which I can now advance solo instead of needing to harass people for 30 minutes to try to... Yeah, that's kind of nice. Um, yeah. What about the, uh, the, the rank-ups for... Uh... Free companies. So ours is uh, hit rank nine uh, last night. Uh, there's a lot of kind of empty ranks in there, which I know some people are not super happy about. I mean, it takes a lot to get up there. Yeah. Uh, rank 10 and rank 15 are the chest expansions that everyone seems to really care about. The others are just uh, active and inactive company actions, which I suppose it's nice to be able to have multiple boosts running at once instead of having to choose which two. Oh, you can. Oh, so they actually did increase the active ones as well as inactive. I believe so. Let me check. Well, that. I thought it, I just saw inactive. Let me verify that. I could be wrong. Talos, can you still hear us now? Or I can hear you now. I don't know what's going on. My internet's having some issues. Okay. Sorry about that, no, everyone. You're fine. Oh, it is just inactive. I misread. So we can store more items or more yeah. actions. We just can't have more than two still. Maybe we'll get those up to 30. That would be nice. Uh, the Angler's Prince, which I think... Uh, I've just had those pictures in the fishing guide for a while. It's like, hey, this is kind of neat. If I'm going for a natural type of thing, this would be lovely to show. It's a minor little thing. Uh, let's see. Haven't really done much with PvP since, so I don't know how the stuff feels now. I know that yeah, I haven't touched PvP yet. Um, Dancer is what I usually would play when I did, so I'll have to jump in there and see how uh, how that's changed. Probably I won't yeah. notice too much because I always die anyway. Uh, I know a lot of people have been running Copied Factory like crazy. Up with the restrictions removed. Yeah, that's definitely helpful if you want to get um, alt jobs leveled up. You know, yeah. I leveled up. Or, I mean, like, in my case, I could not actually enter Ruby Weapon until I... I happened to have some manufactured things, so I spent some tombstones up. Good to go, but... Good way to spend them. Yep. I was capped on both tomes, so... I spent all my Phantasmagoria, transferred my Goetia over for, like, nothing. Shock. And then had more to kind of keep going, grab some more accessories. So I'm doing okay, but... I don't feel confident enough to go into like Ruby weapon quite yet. I need to get everything melded first. Eh, you'll be fine. I went in at like one above eye level and it was fine. Yeah, <sighs> I, I'm sure you'll be just fine. I hope so. I mean, you're going to die a few times. Of course. I, th I think I died. I died a handful of times the first time I ran it, so... But if you need help, just let us know. We'll be more than happy to help you out. As well, I'm sure, a number of people who watch. Let's see. There is the Waymark thing, which I haven't had a chance to use yet. Neither have I. Yeah. I'm really happy that it exists because there are some fights where you need to move the markers after phases. And it's it's just almost impossible. You have to be like, okay, this little weird mark oh, in the so paint on the ground. 
you actually cannot move it during battle anymore because there were people using the third-party tools for that. You can store setups for them, so you can very quickly lay stuff out at the beginning, but there's not an option to move in uh, while you're in combat anymore. Uh, okay, that's not so bad. Um, and we still have the macros for marking targets for things like Mooglemog for... Uh... Man, you get yeah. You can. Have you ever gotten King Mooglemog synced? It's a party. <laughs> it's Woo! so hard. It's, nobody remembers anything. Exactly. Furry foot is the healer. Palm yes. burner is the black mage. Off with their heads. The ones with the helmet and with the axe are the tanks. Yeah, that one's pretty easy to figure out. You'd think somebody's calling Talas. Yeah, and they could deal with it. <laughs> um, oh, I see what's going on. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really worth talking about for that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, some of it will be going over more um, in depth on the next episode. But um, mm -hmm. overall thoughts, then? What do you think of 5.2 as we got it? Significantly better than 5.1. 5.1 was definitely a lot more laying the groundwork. Uh, 5.2 feels like where a lot of it's starting to uh, uh, pay off. Got some uh, reveals, uh, some uh, expansion on or uh, recontextualization stuff that changes the meaning of things, and some more subtle plot points that I'm expecting to develop and blow up later on. So I feel like it both set the table a little further and brought out the first course, if we're going to use a culinary metaphor, which I generally do. Mm, food. I mean, this is kind of what I do. I mean, speaking of food, did you guys see that video from Bon Appetit where they were blind taste testing ice cream? <laughs> I that did was, not. That was gross. I saw the one where they were trying out foods that uh, they didn't. Wait, no, that was. See how easy yeah, it is to get you guys like... talking about food? It's not hard. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. Uh... They added new culinary recipes. Yeah. There's, meat... There's meatballs with lingonberry sauce. So that actually was the thing that I was going to try and do this week, and I just didn't have time. And it, hilariously, I was near an Ikea earlier this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was, I was like, damn it! I could have just taken a picture and be like, you can totally make this. It's great. Step one. Meatballs. Step oh. one, buy a desk. Step two, buy a bag of frozen meatballs. Same that store. I, we got you. That actually is one of the things that they... Uh, that they added in this one. Where did it go? Uh, so with the Master 8 books on crafting, uh, they added... Are they both in there? Uh, but they added uh, two recipes for Rank 8 Artisan's Durable Practice Materials and Fragile Practice Materials. Both of which use a single 300 gil item as uh, ingredients. And the idea is this is an item that you can actually, uh, a recipe that you can craft using either the uh, 80 durability or uh, or 70 durability or uh, 35 durability. And you can try out stuff, try it on this thing that's going to have the same difficulty and see, okay, how tough is this? Is your gear actually up to snuff? You actually have a testing they can do it on before you start using your rare ingredients. Yeah, it's kind nice. of the equivalent of a target dummy, but for crafting. Interesting. Yep. Any they also had silky eggs, which I was kind of pleased to see a reference. Any final thoughts? 
I'm gonna actually try uh like savage stuff from this, and I wasn't expecting that, and that's weird. You're gonna jump into I Eden wanna... Savage? Uh, possibly. I'm gonna at least start with Ruby Weapon and then see how it goes. Okay, so you're gonna do some extremes first. Right. I can never remember which one is extreme and which one is savage. You can see that's this. fine. That's why we're here. To gently mock me? Yes. Oh, so gently. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Talis, how about you? Final thoughts on 5.2? Uh, I'm interested in seeing what the Materia marketplace is going to look like. Strictly because now that we can make Materia without breaking gear. Oh, yeah. We, now we have access to all of this you know, 60, 70, 80 gear that we'd be like, oh, you can turn it into materia. And it's like, and break my eye level 460. No, that's a terrible idea. But it's like, no, no, you can keep your Penta melted 460 armor. And in fact, it's going to bond that much faster because it's Penta melted. And then you just keep popping out seven or possibly eight materia yeah. over and over and over and it's yeah. like wow is our materia prices gonna plummet well they already have for the fact that it's so easy I'm, to get the clusters i wonder if this is going to encourage people to materia stuff more well i hope so people should be putting materia in in their gear it, it's, yeah, it, it i know for myself it's often felt like this feels like a big investment and i'm not quite sure if you don't have crafters yes it does get a little expensive to to meld at the melders um, and then yeah. also maybe potentially buy materia if you don't do hunts. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, it, for the people who do hunts, I mean, materia has been basically free, you know, for forever. And, uh, but yeah, for, if you don't, this is an additional source for, for those people. So hopefully more people will be using materia in their gear, which will improve their, uh, how, how they, uh, function in content as well so that's one of the hard things that we when I, we have a, a few new people in our fc and they're always like what material should i put in what material should i put in and i'm like don't optimize your level 43 earrings or not earrings because we have stuff for that but like bracelets or whatever like don't that's stupid they're not doing anything just cram material that's relevant to you in there are you melee put in critical don't worry about it just do it and then it spirit bombs. Yeah. And I, then it goes well. And it's like, look, it helped. Personally, but you're only wearing that gear for three levels anyway. See, I personally it's recommend... It's not worth the time of optimizing. Don't, don't even... I don't even say worry about uh, melding until you hit 50, 60, 70, and 80. I mean, you're, you're getting materia there. I threw in some on my blue mage. Hey, I've got it. It sped up my thousand needles cast. So that was nice. It did. That's actually one of the th same things I did. Is it's like, especially in... Um, Blue Mage, I can guess Mage. I can understand it because they're uh, more solo focused and yeah. Yeah. Spell speed is pretty important actually in Blue Mage. Because everything you're so, doing is a spell, so. Yep. You have nothing interesting other than your very massive, very weird spell list. Yeah, like Thousand Needles and Vomit Fish. Mm. Vomit Fish is great. <laughs> I could totally get you right now. So, <sighs> other weird thing, I because of the the nature of not being able to see anything uh, from vision issues, I have to have all a lot of my effects turned on to minimal. So, like, I don't see the fish. I just see myself make a really stupid face, and then 
the enemy just is stunned. Clearly, so, it's a taunt of some sort. So I have a very like watching Holy get cast is one of the most boring things in this game because I can't see Holy, uh, but I don't get to see my fish, and that is a very sad thing indeed. Aww. You're paralyzing it in fear because it thinks that you're gonna kiss it. <sighs> I guess. Duck face. duck face. Yeah, exactly. It's creepy duck face. Hey there, monster. You want to be on my Insta? No, I actually don't. That sounds awful. All right. So let's go ahead and we'll we'll continue our discussion on 5.2 next week when we lift the spoiler ban. We can talk about all the things then, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, oh, yes. So that's going to do it for this episode then, guys. If you liked what you heard, please consider uh, liking, subscribing, or following us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're actually working on getting on Pandora as well, so uh, look for that when we get out there, or whatever your uh, podcatcher of choice is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review, because it helps people find our show and lets us know what you guys think. And that's important. We like feedback. If you really Not the microphone kind. Yeah, that, that feedback is bad, but we want to know have your feedback as to how we are doing. But if you really dig the show, please consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio, or you can uh, go out to our Patreon at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio, like our amazing friend Aurori Fenrir. Um, like I said, I think if we get enough, maybe we can talk Saren into writing up something. <laughs> oh, you're going to regret this. No, the people who who subscribe at the ten dollar level or higher will regret this. There will be plenty of regret to go around. <laughs> All the proceeds that we get go towards growing the show, cover the the fun things like hosting costs, and allows us to do some fun things like some uh, subscriber or no, not subscriber only stuff because we don't want to do that. We want to let everybody enjoy this. Well, except for the story, pay for that. <laughs> Um, it lets us do some giveaways. Like when we hit a thousand followers here on uh, Twitch, we'll probably do something very special for that. Um, allows us to do some cool swag for, you know, the giveaways. Um, and we can do go to like, um, the ax throwing thing in two weeks, or we go to fan fest. I'll have a bunch of swag to give away to people. That's the kind of stuff that we use that for. So, um, but, um, any kind of support you give us, whether it's likes, emails, retweets, subs whatever it's all greatly appreciated we just love interacting with you guys and the rest of the community if you want to catch up on our backlog of episodes you can go to our website phoenixstarradio.com and if you have any questions or comments you can email us podcast at phoenixdownradio.com i can't talk today that's why we're wrapping up words are hard you can follow us out on Twitter at PHXDNRadio, and you can check out our Facebook page out at Facebook.com slash PhoenixDownRadio. Shoutouts. Who wants to go first? Sarah? I went first. I went first hours ago. <laughs> well, an hour and 30 minutes ago. But Sarah, you want to throw some um, shoutouts? I don't really have a lot this week. Uh, it's actually been kind of a quiet week other than uh, the a uh, shout out to the folks I had in my uh, Ruby Weapon and Eden, all of whom wiped multiple times, but were still patient about stuff. Didn't start tossing around accusations. Were like started uh, pointing out, okay, what had they seen? What did they notice? We worked out the mechanics together. It made the experience really, really fun. Uh, 
I know I've seen people talk again and again about how welcoming and kind the community is, and this is one of those things that really solidified it at a time where everyone's excited about the new content and we're wiping and having a hard time with it. People were taking a deep breath and just staying calm, pointing out what they'd seen in the mechanics and working out together, and it made it all really, really fun. Nice. So I wish I had specific names to shout out for that, but I do want to thank everyone uh, for just being cool about things. Thank you for that. It's awesome. Uh you can find me on Twitter at FFXIVSEYRR, uh, FF14 Sayer, uh, where I mostly tweet pictures of stuff that I cooked with my friends or uh, interesting stuff that I found working at the library. Uh, people seem to like it for some reason. I don't know. Uh, but the uh, And if you ever have questions about lore, you want to know uh, something for an upcoming segment, absolutely feel free to or in our discord we do have a library that i keep an eye on and i love to uh get your questions find out what's interesting to you because that's the stuff i want to be talking about yes perfect uh Talos, i know you did a shout out do you have any others uh yeah just gonna re-shout out uh echo static for uh helping me get a car and helping me kind of get reestablished. uh also shout outs to i don't even remember his player name uh one of my old dishwashers from AFK Elixirs and Eatery uh, also played 14, and he was one of the reasons why I sort of got back into the game after the 1.0 fiasco. And uh, he also has been helping me out this week. Uh, Shoutouts to everybody who followed me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram with the utter chaos that was my move back from Japan. Um, uh, Shoutouts to... I'm going to go through any content creators I know. Uh, shout outs to Mary. Uh, her housing tours are coming back for another season. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Mary Matsuri. Uh, if you have a really cool house somewhere in Final Fantasy 14, she would love to see it and interview you about it. She can come to the PDR house. We, we might, uh, we should probably figure that out at some point. Uh, I should message her. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tal's Marvelous, T-A-L-I-Z Marvelous. Uh, you can ask me questions about food or travel or things not to do when you're moving internationally. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. But definitely go go-kart racing in the middle of Tokyo. Definitely go go-kart racing through the middle of Tokyo wearing a Neon Genesis Evangelion Kigurumi. Or, that was awesome. Or as oh, Ultraman. Ultraman. No. Couldn't find the Ultraman one. I, I did look. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely looked. All right. And I want to shout out to these two yahoos. Thank you again for joining me this week to discuss this uh, amazing game and community that we have. Uh, shout out to Nick Nar for being an awesome uh, person and uh, supporting us on Patreon again. Really do appreciate all of that, as well as to Rory for being a longtime patron. Shout out to the ladies who work out at my local Joanne Fabric for uh, answering my silly questions as I was trying to figure out what I needed for, uh, you know, getting this cricket up and running as well as uh, getting um, the sewing machine working again. So very helpful. Awesome. I mean, very supportive of people who are trying to get into crafting, which is really nice. Real life crafting. Um, having a good time with that. So, And uh, you can find me out on... <laughs> Zoom Bless tight me, to you. Sorry. <laughs> you can find I me. didn't mute in time. Sorry. <laughs> you fail. 
You can find me out on uh, Twitter at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S. So for my co-hosts, Sarah Timono and for Talis Marvelous, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at YouTube.com slash GuitarWanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.